Today's podcast is brought to you by Pillar Performance. Pillar is a product I've been using for quite some time now, so I'm absolutely thrilled to be partnering with them in the coming months. Pillar is a sports micronutrition company that has developed products that intersect between pharmaceutical intervention and sports supplements for athletes. Pillar's mission is to get athletes to the start line in the best condition over and over again. My go-to product personally from them is their triple magnesium, which has been a game changer for my sleep and recovery. It uses a high dose of glycinate magnesium, and I take it 30 minutes before bed each night. Where Pillar differs from other micronutrition you may have taken before is the tangible and measurable results you'll see on your fitness wearable. I personally wear a Koros, and I've been able to see a significant increase in my REM and deep sleep, which has been a game changer in my training. As sleep is so important for every human, especially athletes, this product is a no-brainer for me. If you guys would like to try Pillar today, head over to pillarperformance.shop or or for my U.S. listeners, head to thefeed.com slash pillar and enter code Dominic for 15% off. That's Dominic for 15% off all first-time purchases. I have also left a link in the show notes and can't wait to see you guys try out this product. I freaking love it. Before we hop into today's episode of the podcast, I want to tell you guys about someone I've been partnering with over the past few months. The name of the company is 2Before, and if you guys are looking to take your training to the next level, 2Before is the right product for you. 2Before is blackcurrant powder, and blackcurrants are antioxidant berries grown in New Zealand. Studies have shown that consuming them regularly improves endurance by increasing blood flow and removing lactic acid. It's used by professional running team Tin Man Elite, as well as teams in the NFL, NBA, and the NCAA. There was one study that showed that using 2Before consistently can improve your athletic performance by 4.6%. And so as I look to close out this fall on a high note with my training, as well as get in some really quality training this winter, 2Before is going to become a staple pre-run, pre-workout. I absolutely love this stuff. I've worked with 2Before for a long time. For this reason, it's become a staple in my daily training and life routine. Because of that, you guys can get 30% off at 2Before with code the Running Effect 30 Not only does this get you guys 30% off, but also free shipping. And I've left a link in the show notes. Again, highly recommend this product. And I definitely recommend at least trying it out once and seeing if it works for you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Running Effect podcast with Dominic Schleter. Today, I have the privilege of speaking with Colin Eckerman. Colin is an absolute stud. He plays 12th at the Foot Locker National Meet. He also plays 25th at NXN. He holds PRs of 856 in the 3200 and 416 in the mile, if I'm not mistaken. He's committed to run for Furman this upcoming fall. And most interestingly, I feel like he is a runner that has come a long, long way in the sport as you'll hear in today's conversation. He went from 23.59 early on his freshman year to I think his PR in the 5K is now like 14.48. Uh, so it was an awesome opportunity to kind of hear about his immense progression and some of the things he's done along the way to make that happen. Uh, if you do enjoy today's episode, consider sharing it with a friend, someone who you think will find value and benefit from it. With all those notes aside, I hope you all enjoy my conversation with the man, the myth, the legend, Colin Eckerman. Colin Eckerman, long time in the making, fan of the podcast. Now uh, you have your spot on the podcast. How are you doing this morning? <laughs> oh, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, first question for you off the bat. I'm curious, 
what does a normal Saturday in your life look like? I feel like most high schoolers, you know, Monday through Friday looks pretty similar. So what's yeah. what's different on Saturday? Okay, Saturday for me, usually I would say Saturday is like our typical long run day. Um, but today looked a little bit different. I had a workout earlier today. Um, so that, that, that kind of changes things up. But like the typical Saturday is like, I don't know, we usually meet for practice. Like I'll meet with either um, Keegan, one of my teammates, or Zach, another one of my teammates. And uh, we'll just go for our long run um, about maybe 7 or 8 a.m. Pretty typical, I'd say. Um, and then we'll usually go grab breakfast after, which is great. Always an enjoyable time with the guys. Um, I'm a big fan of long runs, so Saturday is always great. It's also no school, right? So more enjoyable. Um, and then just kind of honestly sit around, do nothing all day, enjoy the fact that I'm not going to school, um, hang out with the family some. You know, we usually have like a nice, like, we do, we usually like make a kind of like more, I guess, special dinner on Saturday nights. So like we'll do like homemade pizzas or calzones or like taco night or something like that that is a little bit more interactive. Um, whereas my mom doesn't have to cook the whole meal herself. So, yeah. That Saturday long run, uh, you said 7 to 8 a.m. Uh, what percent mm-hmm. of Saturdays does someone show up late, and are you ever that guy? Every single Saturday. Zach Vickers, uh, he, every single Saturday, I, I, I will tell him 6.45, and then I will plan on getting there at 6.50, 6.55. So because I know, I know for a fact I'll still beat him there. And he lives, the thing is, we long run like three minutes from his house. So Keegan drives like an hour. I drive like thirty minutes, and he drives like two minutes. And it, oh my gosh, there's he's always that guy. That's why I asked. There's always that guy on the team. Oh, absolutely, yeah, totally. I, I mean, I would say, all right. To to be fair, I am late probably every once in a while, but like it's it's pretty rare that I'm the guy that's late. I like to get there pretty early. I have a pretty long warm routine, so I'm usually pretty on top of things. You said you had a workout this morning. What was the workout? How are the legs feeling? Oh, I'm so out of shape, Dom. It's actually so bad. Um, no, I'm fine. Uh, I, I had a four mile tempo, like cut, cut down tempo, so not quite as aggressive. Um, I just started at like like five ten, five fifteen, and kind of worked down to like the high four forties, mid to four forties, um, and then took two minutes and did just did six by two hundred off of two hundred jog. Um, pretty, I feel like typical standard workout. Um, it was yeah, it was good. My legs feel all right. I don't know. It's been I'm ramping back up into things, so. Um, you know, just trying to adapt and uh, handle the cold weather for Tennessee. Tennessee cold weather, maybe nothing compared to Ohio, but I'm in Texas right cold. now, so it's uh, going to be 62 by the time I run today. So I'm not going to say anything on the cold weather there. I'm a little spoiled here. Um, so I'm curious. Foot Locker happens. It's like mid December or like early late December. Uh, how long of a break are you taking? And did that kind of throw you in for a loop in terms of coming back because your season was so much later than it normally has been? Yeah. Uh, yeah, actually, my, my break was a little bit shorter than usual because the season went so much later, which is great. I'm super thankful for that. Like, no complaints. I would do it over again a thousand times. Um, but at the same time, uh, I took, I think, nine days completely off running. And then kind of the following, because Foot Locker fell on, that Saturday, right? And so I, then I ran the next Monday. Yeah, so that would have been nine days. And then I ran like four or five days that week, kind of just like 25, 30 minutes easy, just kind of however I felt um, on a given day. And then the week after that, I kind of ramped back into things, started showing up to practice with the team and just doing my easy runs while they did workouts and stuff. Um, and then, yeah, so it was, I think it was nine days completely off and then a week of like running every other day, basically. During those days off from running, do you enjoy that time off or, you know, towards the end of those nine days, are you like, I'm ready to get back into it? 
maybe you're going too fast oh. on those 25 minute runs coming back oh yeah no that is actually a, that's a good point actually i do i do end up running i i, I there's there's one day where i was like i looked out of my watch and it was like my last like couple miles were at, like 550 i was like that's not an easy run like at all like i'm not that good at running like <laughs> that's not an easy run not even close um uh but uh yeah so i i enjoy the days off running to be honest like i really like hanging out with my friends um and doing things that i don't usually get to do like just kind of like going home and playing Fortnite with my friends is like an enjoyable experience <laughs> um during those days off and like obviously like like i mean i probably love mon- running more than anyone but like i so i really really enjoy when i get to get back to it but at the same time like the days off are important and like i, I really try to like kind of disconnect from running during that time um and just like not like i try to stay off instagram because m- my whole feed's running related and kind of like uh feed off the podcasts um for the week and just uh kind of disconnect from things and just um kind of bring myself back to reality it was also nice that this week it fell on midterms so i was staying busy studying for school i'm curious as you start to get back into running and do so later because of how late your season went then taking a break then building back up where are you at mentally mindset wise not even physically but mentally as you know indoor meets are starting to go down people are starting to you know circle things on their calendar do you feel any pressure to like come back quickly and if so how do you kind of maintain that patience yeah i mean that's the perfect question for right now i was just having the conversation with my coach a couple days ago is like um i have a teammate keegan who just um got second at the moros games trials um, and he's going to, so he qualified for the Melrose games, which is like super exciting. And like, that's like uh, such, I mean, huge meet, probably the biggest indoor meet in the world and something that I like would love to be able to compete at. But at this point in the season, it doesn't make sense for me to rush myself back into racing. Um, and I mean, I have several of the guys, I would say this is, this felt like the first weekend where people that raced footlogger and uh, NXN started racing again at like the Virginia showcase people raced yesterday and then they'll race later today more. Um, so several of the guys that I was like, um, got pretty close with on those trips, um, our, our race yesterday and today and you know they're whenever people run well you're like dang i don't know how like i could i could never do that right now but um i'm sure if i hopped in the races i'd be right there with them um it's just that i just need to remain patient and just you know it's uh, try not to compare yourself to others you know it's it's just obviously a super hard thing to do in the sport which with running and mile split and strava and all these different platforms where you can see what everyone else is doing but at the same time like just remaining focused on my journey and knowing where like my goals are to be in like during June and April and May. So that's kind of just the mindset that I'm trying to have right now. Do you think uh, top high schoolers get greedy? Uh, I don't really have an opinion on this. So I'm curious to get your take. Like I think a lot of kids based on the fact that you said kids are racing this weekend in my mind, it's like, why would you try to rush coming back? Um, you have NXN, you have Foot Locker, and then like literally a month later, you're hopping right into your indoor season, which, you know, for 99% of people is less important than the outdoor season. Um, and the outdoor season, ideally, you know, the goal is to make it to like a Brooks PR, which is, you know, mid-June, which is like over five months away. Uh, and so to be racing this weekend, I don't know who's racing, so uh, not calling anybody out, but it, it seems very <laughs> ambitious. Uh, what are your thoughts on, do you think high schoolers get greedy and try to do too much within a given calendar year? Yeah, I mean, I think you can see it like clearly. I mean, look at the pros and the top level collegians. Like they don't race nearly as much as high schoolers do. And part of that's because of dual meets and stuff. But like at the same time, part of it's like these indoor invitationals that are like super fun to go to. And it's super fun to win these races that are, like maybe don't mean quite as much, but you get the opportunity to race a couple of guys that are good and, you know, get some, yeah, it builds your confidence for sure. Um, but at the same time, I don't think it necessarily makes sense long-term all the time. Um, so I think, I think it mostly just kind of depends on the kind of runner you are. Like for me, like 
I don't like to race as much. I kind of, I really like to hunker down and focus on training. And then whenever I'm ready to race, like kind of hit the racing hard. Um, whereas like, I think for some guys racing into fitness is something that they do really well. Um, but I think as a whole, like, yeah, high schoolers get greedy. Everyone gets greedy. Like there's like, there's always that next opportunity or there's always that next thing that you're looking forward to. Um, and like wanting to, you know, push, push the limits in training so that you can get to this next race faster, quicker, or, um, in a better position, um, short term, but you know, long term, it might not make the most sense. With how well your cross country season went, which we'll get into, was it hard coming back from that break? Um, not even hard, I think hard for lack of a better word, like resetting your expectations for this track season because of how successful you were this past cross country season. What was that conversation like with yourself, with your coach, uh, parents, friends, teammates, whatever it may have been of like, okay, the standard is now making national meets and performing at them. Whereas a year ago, the conversation was completely different. It was like, if everything goes well, I might be able to qualify for a national meet. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, I mean, I feel like, I feel like the standard really got, yeah, like you said, like kind of reset almost like, like at this point in time, like, like there's, there's nobody I can't compete with at the high school level. And I truly believe that. Um, and just like probably all the other guys at my level believe the same thing. Um, and I, I think that that is something that I just need to like keep repeating to myself as like, it hasn't been that long that I've been at that level. Like, I mean, the last track season, I was nowhere near the level I'm at now. Um, and I, I think that it's just remaining remaining grateful and like thankful for like getting me here but at the same time not um not getting too complacent um during the like uh this coming season and like being like oh like i think it's easy to compare yourself to the previous year and not compare yourself to like like if i compare myself to Jan myself in january last year like obviously i'm levels ahead of that but i should be levels ahead of that right so there's a there's a balance between like okay like yeah it's gonna take a little bit to get back into shape but at the same time there's like you can't just compare yourself to where you were last year because there's the constant like evolution that you're looking for. Let's go way back in time to, to young Siak, as some people call him. Uh, how did he get to start in the sport of running and what were his first impressions of the sport? Yeah. I mean, I hated running like, Oh my gosh, I hated it so much. Like, uh, I was like, I just, I, I didn't understand why anyone would ever want to go outside and just like sludge along and pound their feet against pavement on purpose. Like, it made no sense to me whatsoever. Um, my mom has been a runner for since I've been born, basically just kind of recreational marathoner. And uh, um, I don't tell her I told her she's recreational, but that's just the truth. Um, uh, I don't but, know. Didn't uh, she so run she, like 10 miles one morning in San Diego? It's more than all the, the guys went that morning. Yeah, that, that actually, that's a good point. Actually, she ran more than me on those days. So that maybe, maybe, yeah, you're right. Actually, if she's recreational, I'm recreational. Um, but, uh, yeah, so she, my mom's been a runner ever since I was born. So I, I get dragged out to watching these races um, whenever I was younger and doing these things. And I always enjoyed cheering on my mom. I don't have too much recollection of it because um, she hasn't just raced as much recent in the recent years. Um, but, you know, I played every sport just like most other kids. I played basketball, soccer, lacrosse, baseball. I think I tried hockey at one point. Like, I mean, I did everything. Um, and I, I really, really enjoyed baseball. Like that was kind of my main thing, um, through, uh, the middle school years. Um, and I just, I think I just ended up getting a little bit burnt out on that. Like I just, I was so bought into the idea of like giving it what I had that whenever I wasn't developing, uh, uh, like it through puberty as fast as other guys were, like I was getting really frustrated with that idea. Um, and I just, I just kind of, I didn't hit my growth spurt or mature, um, till my sophomore year really. Um, so 
I think that whenever I was falling behind for reasons that I couldn't control, that really frustrated me and led me into a different direction. I played basketball in middle school as well, but then I just, my freshman year, I just decided I was going to run cross country just because I had a couple of friends out doing it. And my mom was like, you need to do something after school because I'm not picking you up till 6 p.m. So I was like, okay, I'm, I guess I'm running cross country. And it happened to be that my cross country coach was my mom's coach whenever she was racing. Um, so it worked out good that she just like sent him a text was like, Hey, Colin's going to come out to the team. And he was like, we'd love to have him. Um, uh, that's what she told him. But then whenever I showed up, he's like, Oh, you think you're so cool coming in my practice and yada, 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 give me a hard time. Um, and, uh, so, I mean, the first like months I just, I hated running. Like I hated it so much. Um, but, uh, after I got injured, I realized how much I missed it. And I just kind of, it was almost like a flip of a switch that winter. And I, ran with my mom almost every day and was just, just kind of fell into love with the sport. Was there a specific moment that you can pinpoint that that love for the sport came like a specific run where you're like, Oh, this isn't as bad as I thought it was. Or is it hard to recollect when that shift exactly happened? Yeah. Um, I gotta give, I gotta give credit to the, uh, the cliches here. I was watching 10 man elite videos in my bed. Uh, yeah, like, I don't know, 11 PM one night. And I was like, dang, like, this is, this is what I want to do. Like, this is so sick. Like, these guys are living the dream. Like they're such good friends and they're, they're out in Colorado, like chasing their dreams. And like, you know, that's, that's all they care about is this one, this one passion. And I was like, I was like, this is so sick. Um, and I remember going out for my run the next day. And I mean, I, at this point I was 20 something minute 5k runner. Like I didn't, I had no business and I ran four miles at like seven thirty nine pace or something like that. And I was like, wow, like I'm, I'm going to be really good at this one day. <laughs> um, and I mean, little did I know things would go pretty well. Um, and, and I just, yeah, I just, I really, really enjoyed running those following winter months. I remember I was just running pretty much every day with my mom or by myself. And it was basically four or five miles easy every day. And I, I just, I really loved it. I just remember those, like, I, I like, I think I enjoyed those three months of running more than I've ever enjoyed running since then. And that really says something because I really love running, you know? So I think that, 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 that winter of 2020 is something that like, I still look back as like kind of the flip of the switch and is really special time period for me. How do you think people, organizations like 10 man elite and just social media in general, things like Strava, whatnot have affected your personal running career. Um, even for me, I remember, you know, channels like that are like way back in the day. I'm only a year older than you, so you may have experienced this too. But like when I was younger, like Ryan Trahan's YouTube channel, uh, where he was into running, Zach Levitt had a massive impact yeah, on Zach me. Yeah, Zach Levitt. I um, love watching Zach yeah, Levitt. Yeah, amazing stuff. Um, and then even like Strava, I specifically remember my freshman spring. Uh, so you would have been in eighth grade and this was COVID. So we didn't have races, but I remember seeing people do incredible workouts in training on Strava during COVID. And that kind of flipped the switch for me to be like, oh, instead of just kind of putting in miles um, like here and there, I'm actually going to like hit these few months hard simply because I saw other people working extremely hard. Um, it seems like that's kind of had a similar effect on you. So can you kind of speak to growing up in the digital age and kind of the effect it's had on your running? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think it's just it provided so much knowledge and almost at times probably way too much knowledge. Like I remember sitting down and going through flow track workout Wednesdays and writing down all the workouts from like the different ones that people would do on these flow track workout Wednesdays. And like, like as a 20 minute factor runner that you should not be doing the same workouts as the Arkansas men's team. Right. Players, <laughs> like at all, like it's completely different. Like you should never like base your workouts off of what somebody else is doing. And I was fortunate enough to have really good coaches who like, 
kind of put the reins on things and like I still really struggled with injury those next two years because I just wanted to run so much and wanted to run really hard all the time um but like I I I think that like it, it had like an effect of yeah just like it, it provided so much knowledge in like just like this o- almost over stimulus of like all this new information coming at you about all these different things that you want to learn about but like you don't know what's right, what's wrong. I mean, you hear all these different things about, oh, lactate threshold, zone two training, heart rate, like your power, um, get this heart rate monitor here, get this stride pod here, get these new shoes, they'll make you 10 seconds faster. Like there's all this stuff as like a new runner where like like, it's all so new to you that you don't know what's right and what's wrong. Um, So I think that was, I I struggled. I loved it, but I I loved all the new information, but I struggled with like um, taking it all in and using it in the right ways um, at the time. Um, so I think, I think there was a balance there and like, obviously now, like I have a little bit more experience and have a better understanding, um, by no means perfect, but better understanding of what I should be doing. Um, and working with my coaches has been great that obviously, um, but yeah, I think, I think I just was lucky to have coaches who held me in and like really like planned on my long-term success. You've mentioned, you know, the injuries that kind of ensued in those following years. Can you take me through those and how you kind of got over them? Yeah, so that that freshman track season went really well for where I was at. I mean, I came off cross country with a 1959 PR and then like had a hamstring issue that took me out for like a month. Like it was pretty bad. Um, I tried to hop in a workout with guys that were way faster than me that I should not have been doing a workout with. And I just was like basically running all out 800s till I could fell apart. Um, And then that freshman track season went really well. I stayed healthy through that. And then going the summer of sophomore year, I like I went to a running camp and I just ran way too many miles that week. I think I ran like 52 or 53 miles that week, which like for somebody who had never gone over really 40, like that's way too much. I mean, it was like my second week back running after a long break after track season. And I just it it just destroyed me. And I got a stress reaction in my foot, which led to me rushing back from that, which led to a knee problem, which led to an IT band problem. Um, so that sophomore track season or sophomore cross country season, sorry, was just plagued with injury. I just dealt with so much setback um, that it really made me appreciate the times that I had uh, and was able to run. Um, and the results weren't what I wanted, but my team my team didn't quite get what we wanted either. So I just it left me pretty hungry. Um, and then that sophomore track season, I was finally able to like build a true base that winter and stay healthy and. Like that sophomore cross country season, well, yes, I was like injured so much from that basically July to November. Um, it like it set me up so well for the future. And like, I don't know what I would have done without those injuries as like cliche as that sounds or like as I mean, ironic as it is. You mentioned to me in person kind of the importance of, you know, your strength and rehab routine and how that's kind of been <laughs> fundamental for your health. Um, yeah, drop where, you know, this kind of came from, uh, when you realized this would have a big impact on your health. Yeah. So like strength training is something that like I specifically, as well as my team, but like me specifically is like, I'm super huge on strength training. Like I probably put more hours in, in the gym than I do running most weeks. Like I, I spend so much time doing these little things and like being really consistent on it. Um, I started working with a physical therapist, Paul Wilson, this past, um, July, um, before that I'd been doing consistent like resistance band work and little routines I could find here or there and like taking what I thought was important and just applying it to certain places, like taking stuff from when I'd been injured and as well as like online information and stuff and like um, doing what I could. But it, it just it wasn't it, I, it wasn't it was probably taking away from running more than it was helping running. Um, and then this July, I started working with Paul. He had previously worked at Nike with like the Bowerman Track Club and Union Athletics Club. 
and the Oregon project. Um, so he, he has quite the, uh, experience. Um, so I just got really lucky that he moved to Knoxville with his family and that <laughs> he, so we somehow got in touch through my coach. Um, so he's been riding like all my training since then. So I have like a mobility routine that I do seven days a week, a stability routine that I do five days a week. And then like a true lift days that I do twice a week on my workout days. Um, and as well as like core. Um, but that like those routines have provided, I think like, not necessarily like they've a, they've kept me healthy, but I think that they've made me so much more efficient uh, running economy wise based on the tests that we've done, as well as like um, just like a more well-rounded runner and set me up for the future really well. You mentioned to me in person also that because a lot of times when people say, you know, they're big into strength training or mobility, I immediately assume they run like 40 miles a week uh, and they're like a <laughs> Simeon Birnbaum freak of nature talent. Um, for you, you told me that like you run upwards of 70 miles a week, like 65 to 70, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so this is on top of all of the running. Uh, do you get super t- like I- I'm sure you're probably adjusted. It's crazy how complex the human body is. We adjust to things pretty well, adapt to things pretty well. But like are you exhausted ever at the end of weeks? You just like go to bed and you're like, man, I've worked a ton. <laughs> that's, that's the crazy thing. It's like, I always want to do more. Like if my coach told me I could run a hundred miles a week, I'd run a hundred miles a week in a heartbeat. Like I, 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 I love like, like I, the gym, like don't get me wrong. Not every single day is like sunshine and rainbows. And like, I like, but like most days, like I really, really enjoy training hard. And like that feeling of like, wow, I feel really accomplished with what I've done today. Um, and knowing that each and every day is building to something greater. Um, and like, yeah, I think at first, like I was, I was pretty exhausted. It took me a little bit to adjust, particularly the strength training. Cause I mean, I was doing six, seven hours a week of strength training, um, which was just a lot, um, on top of running, uh, 65, 70 miles a week during the summer, which during the summer, it's a little bit easier cause you don't have school, but when the school year hit, that's whenever it got really hard. Cause I mean, you're going to practice, you're going to eat dinner and you're going to the gym and then you're coming home and going to sleep. And like, that's just how every day is, um, which I wouldn't change for the world. Like I absolutely love it. Um, but at the same time, like there definitely is a level of exhaustion and there's some days where you're like, man, why do I do this? <laughs> um, but like that, that's part of it. And it makes the days that like, whenever you're running well, it's like, it's oh, it's also worth it. Um, and the people you meet along the way, it just, it validates all the work. For you, what does that running training schedule look like? Are you hitting that mileage through singles, doubles, and how does that tra- strength training come into play too? Is it like right after the runs? It sounds like you eat dinner first and then go to the gym, but kind of take me through what that schedule looks like. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, my typical, I guess I kind of can walk you through a week here. It's probably the best way to explain things. Is on a Monday, I'll usually do a single in the afternoon, and then I'll eat dinner and then go to the gym and do my stability mobility and core, um, which takes between an hour and 50 minutes to maybe 70 minutes about. Um, and then Tuesday I'll do a shakeout in the morning of like 15 to 20 minutes usually. Um, and then go to school obviously. And then I'll do my workout in the afternoon, um, eat dinner and then I'll do my lift, which is more of like a true like power based lift. So we're doing hex bar deadlifts, some other, like, that's like the main thing that you, people would know. Like it's other, like really niche, like complicated exercises that you can't really explain over a podcast. <laughs> um, it's just like, just, I don't know, like pretty running specific stuff. Um, and then that'll take, I don't know, maybe two hours, um, there. Cause that's on top of stability, mobility core. Um, and then Wednesdays, I usually split up into a double, um, because if you, if you evenly split your doubles, I've found is what makes me feel best the following day. So I'll usually go like 40 minutes in the morning, 40 minutes in the afternoon or 35, 35, something along those lines, depending on um, what kind of mileage I'm hitting. 
Um, and then, um, so I'll d- after my afternoon double, I'll go home, eat dinner, go to the gym. Um, and then Thursdays is another workout day. So I'll shake out in the morning, work out in the afternoon and then dinner and then lift. Um, and then Fridays is a single Saturdays is usually long run. And then Sundays is usually pretty short shakeout. Like I try to keep most of my mileage on six days and then have like usually no more than 40 minutes on a Sunday, um, in a single where it's just that. And then, um, mobility and core and that's just about it on Sundays. So try to keep Sundays almost complete rest day. Um, yeah, that's, that's what a t- typical week looks like for me. One of your first five K's your freshman year, I know you ran 23.59. I believe in San Diego, you told me you ended your junior year running like a 15.55 or something around there. Um, of course, massive progression in the past year, but I'm curious that progression between those two years before we talk about the progression this year. What were some things you think you did that contributed to that massive jump from 23.59 to 15.55? Yeah, I think during my my freshman, sophomore, junior year training was pretty, pretty uh, standard, like high school training. Like I would say at this point, like I'm probably like doing a little bit more. Um, but during those years, it was just typical, just consistency of mileage and like staying healthy just allowed me to progress. The the that first race, twenty three fifty nine, was a like two weeks after I joined cross country, and b like on a ridiculously hard course. So things got like extrapolated way more than like, I wasn't actually in 2359 shape, but on that given day, on that given course, I did run 2359, um, which kind of makes for a cool story. Um, and then so later that year, I ran like 1959. Um, and then that track season, I just got a little bit better, was able to stay consistent with the mileage. And then, like I said, sophomore cross country was just injured. Um, but then that, that sophomore track and then through my junior year, I was just able to be really, really consistent at around that 50 miles per week um, to 55 miles per week mark um, for like my peak, obviously whenever you're tapering for races and stuff, things look different. But um, like that was, I was able to stay really consistent during that like time. And I think that like, I mean, it's so cliche, but like consistency over everything, like the ability to stay consistent and be healthy during workouts and being healthy during your easy runs and like truly taking your easy runs easy. Also something that like changed. And that was really important for me. Like, I mean, I feel like it's so typical of high school freshmen and sophomores to like, just like run your easy runs, not like actually easy. Um, so I think like being able to like actually adjust and like relax and be like, okay, yeah, this is what's best for me is to actually like run easy today um, was super valuable. Um, and those are like, like, yeah, consistency over everything is the main thing. I feel like every high schooler has the dream of going to NXN Foot Locker. Very few accomplish it. And because of that, I think very few actually are able to like, look at that goal and be like, Oh, I could probably make this happen or potentially make this happen. When did that shift come for you in your head of like knowing these events exist to then being like, I could maybe one day make these. Yeah. I mean, like for me, like this is going to come off. So like, uh, so egotistical, but like, I always had this like consistent belief in myself that like I was going to make it happen. Um, and like, I, I, I just, I've all like, ever since I found out about these like events and this, I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do as a high schooler. Like, like, I really want to make this happen. And like, like I had this unwavering confidence in myself that like, like through all of the work that I was going to do, like I was going to get there. And on the day of like, I had like the ability to show up and qualify at those regional races and um, get the job done um, when it needed to be done. And like, I think that, so there was no real like flip of the switch for me. It was always just like, a consistent like yeah i'm just building like i'm building like i'm gonna come around at the right time and 
you know, lucky enough for me, that's exactly what happens. Um, and, uh, I mean, they're once in a lifetime experiences, obviously, and I'm super fortunate, but like, I, I, I worked really hard to get there, you know, just like all the other kids did. Um, and I like, I think that there was no one time where I was like, wow, like this can actually happen. It was more like, like, I'm going to make this happen. Um, and that was something that was like, like, I think really important to my progression along the way. What were those two experiences like for you and how did you keep the main thing, the main thing when you were at those events? Obviously there's a lot of uh, glitz and glamor at them. You get a lot of cool gear. You get to hang around a lot of amazing kids your age that you normally wouldn't be able to, you know, you get flown out to these events and really beautiful parts of the country. Um, how do you maintain the fact that you have to race and you're trying to do as best as you can amidst all the kind of, I don't want to say drama, but like all the noise. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the, the events are like, it's insane. I mean, you, like, as soon as you fly in, like you, like, like at NXN, I had a personal shuttle waiting for me, like with the driver in like a suit in the tux, like ready to take me to the hotel. I was like, holy moly, like, this does not feel like cross country to me. <laughs> um, and it like, you, you, it's really, I think it's really easy to get caught up in all of the, the things going on. But I was, I mean, my coaches really instilled in me um, that like, it's a business trip. Like we're here to race. Um, and like to take it all in. Absolutely. But like, like at the end of the day, like you have a job to do and like, there's a reason you're here and it's cause you're able to run really hard. <laughs> um, and like, I think that that was something that I just kind of kept in my mind is like, there's, I mean, there's ping pong tables everywhere where kids are playing ping pong all day long, which just, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but I mean, maybe for some people it helped them in the race. I'm sure I lost to somebody that played ping pong the whole weekend. So, um, uh, so like, I just, I think, um that like I, I keeping it in the forefront of your mind that you're there to race but also being able to take in all the experiences and like really enjoy meeting all the new people um i think that's one thing that's easy to do is like you can meet all these new people and it can just zap your emotional energy so fast um that like you don't realize that like you're like oh i haven't been really doing anything all day i've just kind of been sitting around talking to people but like you're so active compared to a typical day um socially and emotionally that like you can wake up the next day and be like, wow, I'm really tired today. So I think just trying to remain relaxed and, you know, just kind of coming back to why you're there um, every so often is like super important and allowed me to kind of focus on the races that were up ahead. 25th in the mud in Portland and then 12th in, I guess you would say like the dirt of uh, San Diego. <laughs> what, what did those performances mean to you? Yeah. Um, I mean, like to be frankly honest with you, like I was pretty disappointed um, after NXN, like I, I, I felt like I was better than that, especially given the conditions. I touted myself as somebody who was like ready to battle the conditions and I just got out so slow. Like, I think I was like 70th place through one K or something like that. And was just kind of battling up the whole race. Um, and I mean, I was really proud of how hard I fought and like, um, and like the, my ability to like stay engaged throughout the race when I could have easily just given it up and called it quits and been like, okay, I'm just going to save for next weekend. Um, so I was proud of my effort there. And I mean, I think, I think that the races really more so represent like how hard I've worked the past four years. Um, and like, like all the people around me and what they've invested into me. Like, I think me performing at those meets meant more to my mom and my dad, um, than it probably did to myself. Um, I, I just really wanted to make the people around me proud, my coaches, my teammates, my mom, and my dad, and my brother and like, like everyone that supported me along the way, like these big meets are somewhere where you're kind of able to showcase where you're from. Um, like, I mean, at NXN, you're wearing the Southeast Jersey, right? Like that's like my region. So like, I feel like it was, I was almost representing, um, my home, um, a little bit. And, uh, so I think that it was, it was more about just going out there and giving my best effort. And 
the results probably weren't quite what I was hoping for. And um, at Foot Locker, like I, I went out really hard <laughs> um, and kind of led the race through about 1.4. Um, and I was like, cause I, which is wanted to make a point of not getting out as slow as I did at NXN. And I just, I, the main focus was just like giving everything I had on a given day. And I did that in both races. So I can always be proud of that. Looking ahead with one season left to go in your high school career. How do you feel with me saying those words? I'm, I'm sure it has set in, but it hasn't really. Uh, and what are some things you're looking to do to cap off your high school career this track season? Yeah. I mean, it definitely has started to set in It it, de- it had not set in at all until um, we had a, our cross country banquet kind of like uh, recognizing the seniors and like um, in the kind of the season and all that just kind of into the year banquet that you have. Um, and that was where like, I was like, I got up and talked about my coaches and I was like, dang, like, this is sad. Like, like this has been such a huge part of my life and it's changed me like so much for the better um, uh, as a person and as an athlete, obviously as well. Um, that like it, it has started to set in definitely. And I mean, I'm just, I'm so excited for the coming track season. Like I just, I mean, I, I love competing, so like I'm just really excited to be in those races where I get the opportunity to compete against guys that are the best, um, and you know, continue to just improve and enjoy all the experiences and take it all in um, during my final season. Talking about Furman before we close this thing up, you're committed to run there next cross country season, uh, not just next cross country season, those four or five years. Um, take me through this decision. What made the school stand out for you? Yeah, um, Furman is a really special place that I'm super excited to uh, to be a part of the team the next the next four or five years. Um, I think that Furman is somewhere where like the focus is really emphasized on running. Like, I mean, Coach Gary, one of his first like kind of pitches to me were like that like he's one of the him and the football coach are the only guys that report directly to the athletic director. I mean, it's not very many schools where the cross country coach and the football coach are the only ones that report directly to the athletic director. Um, so that, I thought that was super cool. And I mean, they've produced a multitude of professional athletes and that's, I kind of, I really focused on choosing the schools that I wanted to visit, um, based on where I could see myself, um, progressing the most as an athlete. And obviously I'm going to get a great degree while I'm there and, um, and do really well in school. But like, I, I, I really tried to emphasize like where I see myself progressing the most and giving myself the best opportunity to prolong this whole running thing as long as I can. Um, and Furman just felt like that special place to me. Coach Roberts and Coach Gary did a super great job of just like kind of setting the expectation for what things are going to be like when I was there, which like kind of hyped me up almost. I was like, I was like, dang, yeah, this is something I want to be a part of. And like, I can't wait. Um, and obviously the guys on my visit were phenomenal. Um, the, I mean, all, all my hosts, um, Christopher Knight and Braden and Owen and Tucker were like great as a freshman. And then Carson and Cameron were really great when I got to run with them. Um, as well as the other freshmen that are coming in with me, Mateo, Jack, Ryan, and uh, Reeves. And now a trip he just signed as well. Um, I'm super excited to be teammates with all of them. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just super excited about the next four or five years. Colin, one final serious question for you. For those who have listened to our conversation, and particularly people who you know maybe are freshmen, sophomore, juniors, and they hear your progression from, you know, 23.59 to I think you've run 14.49 on the grass and are like, man, like it's possible to take my running to the next level. What would be the final piece of wisdom you'd leave with our audience today? Yeah, I think I think the biggest thing is like, you can't just want it. You like, you have to have it. Like there, you have to, you have to want it so bad that your life revolves around this thing. Like not everyone is born with the God-given talent um, that, um, and like, obviously there's a level of talent that I've been given and I'm so thankful for that. But like, if you really want it, like you can go get it. And like having this like belief in yourself and like being willing to work hard, um, whenever the results aren't going to be immediate is something that like 
is a valuable life lesson no matter what you're doing um and so i think i think like being willing to work hard and like suffer short term for the rewards long term is kind of the thing that i would like to leave with people and i think that if you're a freshman or sophomore listening like like just know that like if you really really want it like you can go get it and you just you just got to be willing to put in the work and um, do all the little right things and if you just make the right decisions along the way the confidence comes and you'll be ready to go come senior year colin uh the final question i ask every guest on every single episode the the question that you've probably heard in your earballs uh more times than i can count during gym sessions if you had gordon ramsey coming over to your house for dinner what would you choose to make for him i don't know that's just uh, i've thought i have thought about this question and i was like I, I couldn't come up with a concrete answer. Um, <laughs> to be honest, my mom does most of the cooking in the house. She's a phenomenal cook. I am an awful cook. Um, so I, th- I think I think an easy answer here is just like a bowl of cereal. <laughs> uh, that's like super easy. It's something I make all the time. But I think I think if he, if I had him over, I might be able to muster out some pretty good pancakes or something like that. It'd definitely be breakfast food. Um, but yeah, something along the breakfast lines. I'd make him a nice nice hearty brunch. Colin, appreciate the conversation, all you're doing to give back to the sport and all you're doing through your witness of, you know, how far you can come in the sport. So keep crushing it, man. Looking forward to seeing you continue to dominate in the years to come. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. Great talking to you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the podcast. I don't take your time for granted, so I hope that it brought you some wisdom and value that you can apply directly into your running and into your life. If you have not already done so, please consider giving us a follow and a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And then something all of you guys can do is share today's episode or the podcast in general with a friend or someone who you think will benefit from it. One more note, if you're not already following us on Instagram, consider doing so. My Instagram tag is at the running effect. I hope you're running and life is going well. I appreciate you taking time out of your busy life to listen to today's episode. I will catch you in two days when the next episode drops. Until then, happy running.